Oh, the sultry sounds of Mario and his friends driving around in circles for hours upon hours upon hours. And these sounds that you can often hear echoing throughout the clubhouse down at Progressive Field. Why did they have speed limits? What, you want the characters to just go as fast as they want? I, well, mean, I mean, cars have limits on how fast they can go. That's fine, but there, there's also, like, no... There's no one watching them, making sure they're safe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. You, what, what do you need? Like, the guy that flies in the cloud I to want check the ba- on you? <laughs> I want the backstory. <laughs> Isn't there tons of Mario backstory out there? Yeah, it's just, like, the typical, like, uh, Mario trying to save Peach from Bowser's castle. Do you believe the conspiracy theory that... Mario, the battle between Mario and Bowser and trying to save the princess and all of the adventures that they have that it's actually just a show that they don't really feud that they're all just friends and that's how they can go play tennis and go drive around in circles and have Mario Party because it's all just one big show. That's a good point. If you actually play Super Mario 3, by the way, welcome to the Selvius Godcast. I'm TJ <laughs> Zuppi. He's Zach Meisel and we're here to talk all things Super Mario in the Mushroom Kingdom. If you want, if you play uh, Super Mario Three, it actually takes place on a stage with curtains that open up, and it's like a show. You see, now you're gonna send me down. I'm not watching tonight's game. I have too much research to do. <laughs> I think the creator of Super Mario confirmed that that Super Mario Three wasn't actually didn't actually take place. It was a show. Okay. In the game. I don't know. I. I've long been a fan of that whole alternate universe. Um, and, and Mario Kart was like the first. I, I remember when I got a Nintendo 64, I'd come back from sleepaway camp over the summer. And my parents finally relented and let me get an N64. And the games, you, I got the regular, the Super Mario, and then I got Mario Kart. And that was like my introduction to video games. And... Uh, Mario Kart still holds a soft spot in my heart. Are you still trying to get all the stars in Super Mario 64? No, I finally beat that one time in, like, high school. It took forever. Yeah, it's it it, it lies to you right off the bat. You think, oh, eight stars, that'll, that's nothing. Right. Like, what is it, 100 stars later? You're I mean, how many coins playing? do you get <laughs> over the whole process of getting every single star? And more star? importantly, where does he hide all of those coins Within his overalls. Yeah. How does he fit that in? So he's many a, questions. Can we line whole, up an interview with the uh, creator? <laughs> he's got a whole, like, 99 of them until he gets a new life. That's That's got to be difficult. Imagine jumping over a Koopa Troopa dude with 67 coins in your pocket. It can't be that easy. I mean, think about everything. He had to swim. There were some <laughs> water-based levels. There were he some snow-based levels. And he was time. wearing the same outfit in the snow-based levels. Didn't sound like he had a winter coat. So well, I mean, some he, of them he wears like a raccoon outfit, and some of them he has a toad outfit. So he, he he often wears other outfits. Anyway, so how why about are those we Indians? talking about this? Why no? Just tell everyone if they don't know why are we discussing? Well, Mario? I mean, we've talked about how often Jose Ramirez plays Mario Kart in the clubhouse, and it's uh, I have a bad feeling Andre Knott's going to interrupt this podcast at some point here soon. Um, and finally, I got to play him. It's something I've been working toward for weeks and weeks. Um, 
And it finally came to fruition this week. And as I predicted, we are joined by Andre Knott. You predicted that I was going to be here. Yes, I predicted you would disrupt Within this podcast. Seconds. Well, why would you come down here? So because you wanted me. See, this is how they asked me to be a guest. I would have just came down. I got an athletic hat. I represent. Some guy saw me at something mall today, hanging out with my kid. My kid was messing him up. And he was messing his daughter up. And I, like, apologize. He goes, it's okay, Andre Not I saw the hat. <laughs> That's a true story. Um, are you bragging to all your fans on your podcast about uh, your matchup with the one and only Jose well, Ramirez? I can't brag because I lost. You did all right. And though. not only that, I choked under pressure. I had him beat. I got to say, I was feeling good for you, but I was wondering how you would deal with pressure. Yeah, my hands were shaking in that last race. I also was curious if you beat Jose, what would have happened then? I, I don't know. See, TJ's would you, right. would you be done? Would you no longer be able to talk to him? Would you be mm-hmm. done talking? Throw TJ, out? he'd still be in there playing. They wouldn't have played the game. Like That's what I said to him. He would have smacked me upside the head. I, it was then... a player. I didn't watch your last matchup. Oh, I God. walked away. Because I didn't want to, I didn't, I just was like. Well, let me tell you this. It's three laps, right? Right. And it's, there are eight racers. After lap one, he was in eighth. I know. And I was in third, but like was close to first. And he just, sometimes, so he doesn't know the trick where you can like get off to a faster start. He don't care about that. You're right. Exactly. And like he's, he, I think he kind of likes like sandbagging it a little bit just to watch. Right, it makes it more fun when he gets in first inevitably anyway. I think, and I think he was doing that in the first race to feel you. And then up. I got in. I finished because right. he told me he's like, "Hey, you have a star, take it." I'm yeah. like, I know, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he I spent half the first race looking you. at Zach. Yeah, he's like looking over and hey, right. make sure you do this, yeah, make yeah. sure yeah. you do that. I'm trying to talk in Spanish to relate to him, and he's like, "You idiot, yeah. use your star." Yeah, like, yeah. well. <laughs> I got to say, Adam Pletko said this a couple days ago, and it's true. He says that game for him is just like him in the batter's box. Yeah. He sets up pitchers. He does certain things. He remembers. The one thing I can tell you guys, the best thing about my job, and I can't always say it out loud because Lindor gets pissed if I say it. He's like, they could be listening. Don't tell them. Don't let them know. Their memories on who, who pitches them and how they pitch them. It's remarkable. Like, I've had Lindor come back and say, I knew that pitch was coming. Mm-hmm. And I've had Jose sit right down, and he'll be mad or well, he's never happy. Well, he's happy. You don't know he's happy. But he'll come back, and he was like, I knew it was coming. Three, one, like, they, their minds are way, like, and I don't know how we can even, how we can justify it, write about it, talk about it. Their minds are so further than we even give them credit for. Like, physically, they're unbelievable. But watching Jose in that video game, it's a part, like, you can tell everybody that comes in there, when they play them, it's like, it's the World Series. It's right. Game 7. <laughs> Have your stuff together. Yeah. But you did well. You did well. I didn't want to see you lose. So I, think, I didn't want to see you win either. I got to admit, I wanted to tie. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm glad. I'm happy with the way it played out because it made for the best story. But I think I, I beat him in that first race, and I think he was like, oh, like we might actually have something. Right. Here. He likes that. He prefers it. That yeah, way. because Plucko told me that the second race on the farm is the one he struggles with the most. And he got first in that one. Right. And that's like, okay, he's he's, he's trying his in. ass off. He's locked, he's locked in. in. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I'll let you guys do your podcast. But I'll, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to ask it the right way. As I watch Adam Rosales, I wonder if he'll run 100 miles an hour around the bases after he hits this ball in batting practice. That's another outfield glove Kip can use. <laughs> is this the oddest, in the last three years, is this the oddest clubhouse you guys have seen going into a team that you know? This team is going to go to playoffs for three years in a row. Something that we haven't seen since the 90s. And I'm just—I'll go back to my old lead role of doing these things. This is the oddest clubhouse you guys have been around in the last three or four years here in Cleveland. I think so. It is for me. I think so. Just the turnover 
the the guys that have been a big part of the team in the past that are now kind of role players they're not they're not the main stars you have some of that you've got now you've had Brantley back for the full season so you have that yeah. dynamic that hasn't been there in the past yeah it's 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 weird and then you 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 come into September where teams are trying to limit the uncertainty you right. want you want known commodities heading down the stretch and they have so little of that and and that's all the way down to the guys that are hurt right to bringing in Josh Donaldson to moving your MVP across the infield to everything else it it's been it's been wild i i imagine this is probably what it felt like in 97 mm-hmm. where they had just changed up so much i said this last night to someone wow and you bring in Justice, you bring in Grissom, you bring in Bip Roberts at the end of the year, and he's playing second Matt base. Matt Williams. Matt oh, Williams. Yeah. And that, de- that team didn't catch their footing until probably late August, early September. And this team's not going to even get that because they're that. still in flux. Are they being evil geniuses after what happened last year? Because a 22-game win streak, as much as everybody tried to downplay it, you couldn't get back up to that. Right. You couldn't get back to that. But I don't know that they have enough control to do that. Because, like, they need Bauer healthy, they need Miller healthy, they need Donaldson healthy. And so, I, in a way, I think so. I mean, they're not... No, I think well, Lindor told me, I tried to ask him about the 22-game winning streak. He's like, I would have rather gone 18-4. and four. You're right. right. Well, him, and I have to, we, him and I had that talk from the minute from the minute it was going on. He was yeah. just like, it's cool. I don't, he goes, but it's not the goal. It, it's, it's such a different dynamic, though. I, I think back to when Napoli was here, and he bridged the gap between languages. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there was more... I think every team has camaraderie, and every team has, has groups and cliques, and like yeah. the, there's there's a language barrier that's naturally going that's to never going to go away. to separate that. And it's interesting to me to watch. Napoli was that guy that forged the path a couple years ago. Who's the guy that uh, does it now? It, it's Jose. It's Jose. It's Lindor and Jose, and they do it completely two Ho- different ways. Exactly. Jose does it. Jose's been Jose got it from Nap. Yeah, I will always say Nap helped make Jose Jose mm. because he accepted him. <laughs> a little Nap, a little Arebe, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, it's like a Maybe a little too much Arebe. <laughs> <laughs> the shoes, the clothes. <laughs> I guess this is what I would say though too, and I think this plays for anything in anyone's life. I think in '16 everything was so fresh, so new, because they always like, a lot of those guys were like, "Well, Napoli, you know, they're like Napoli and Tito told us we were good and like made us believe we were good." I think they know they're good now, and there's kind of this. I think the whole season's had like this cloud of who cares what we do? We're going to win right. this. Team. Like they know they're only going to be judged upon what happens a month from now. Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just being I'm being honest and being around it. I'm like maybe it's a good thing. And Zach, you make a good point. You can't. The injury thing is the injury thing. Like you can't. You don't know what Andrew Miller's going to be. We don't. We don't know what Bauer's going to be. And they still. Even without everybody healthy, they can compete against anybody. I don't doubt that. But I think it is a different dynamic that they're going into the playoffs with. I also think, like, you bring up the, that point about almost being bored because of the division the way that it is. I don't, people take that as if, like, Lindor or Kipnis or whoever's at the plate, they're up there, like, I don't give a shit about this at right. That's not what you no, mean. No, no. Like, Clevenger's trying to strike everybody out. Bauer's trying to do what he's doing. Kluber's trying to do what he's doing. It's not, so, it's not that they're not trying in the game. What I think it means is after a tough loss, it's quicker to turn the page because not every loss stings Absolutely. when you've got a 12-game lead. Right. Not everything's going to stick with you. So right. it's, in some ways it's good that you can turn the page, but maybe it, it kind of keeps you from fully realizing your potential yeah. throughout the, the regular season. And Minnesota made a run line. I mean, think about it. Minnesota did... 
Even though they traded their closer on the deadline day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that fueled them, though, from, from July, from August 1st. That, that fueled them for a couple of weeks. There's been none of that. I remember earlier in the year, somebody said, they were like, man, I wish the Twins would just win. Somebody with the team goes, man, I wish the, the Twins would just win 10 in a row. And I remember kind of snapped my head around it, and now I get it. And like That was like in May. Yeah. And it was like, because there's, there's not much. And, and to go off of what your TJ's talking about, though, and it's the perfect thing, I thought Lindor said it last night. And I think we've seen this when they've played good teams. You go back to that Boston series, mm-hmm. that series was fun. Mm-hmm. Like those games, and they haven't been the same since, by the way. But that series, it was 2-2, and they should have won the series. They didn't in the last two. That's nor here nor there. But that was a fun series, and you could tell they were into it. And this, this is where I wonder, though, Dre, if – if not have not having to keep your energy up the whole year, then they go in those first two games in Boston and they win the first two. But those they took so much energy yeah. out of them. A team like Boston has had to keep the energy up Every all day. year because yeah. they've got New York on their heels, and it's the same thing in the West. You wonder, you know, we from a talent standpoint, I think they can beat anybody. I think exactly. they can win the World Series. Would it be difficult because they haven't had to? To really fight for it every single day, to keep to not get yeah. tired out when you get to the postseason and you go through those strenuous games, and all of a sudden you're into game three and you're like, "Jeez, man, right. like this is draining." Off. Right. But I think there's one thing that makes up for that, and that's more Mario Kart. <laughs> exactly. No, <laughs> that they cannot, and it's a good thing they cannot get last year out of their heads. Right. I mean, they are so... You're right. Linder's had a little edge to him all year, yeah. and it's because of that. Well, yeah. I mean, Tito, Tito, even today, even Tito said how they went into the playoffs. Yeah. Like, and remember, like, and Tito doesn't bring up things just out of nowhere. But to go off the cloud over your head, I think Lindor hit on something yesterday that was too honest. Like, in my, like I'm like, I can't believe he's saying this out loud. <laughs> like, and as a reporter, you're like, damn it, we got the right question because <laughs> we got him. Because I was like, are, you know, are you trying too hard? was a question I asked, and he was like, well, no. He goes, it's kind of like, and he didn't say it, but I know what he meant. It's like, well, we're going against crap pitchers. And like, ah, Brantley's got it. And then Brantley could be like, ah, Hosey's got it. And before you know it, it's the sixth inning, you haven't scored. And it's happening a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way he said it, it tells you, like, well, usually we kick these guys' ass. What, somebody will get them. And nobody's been getting them over the last few weeks. That's why, well, I actually think it's good that Donaldson's coming back, too, because I think it'll, like, rejuvenate yes. them a little bit where, like, they realize, oh, shit, this lineup actually has some major, major potential. Well, not only that, he's going to come with a swagger. He don't care yeah. what they've been doing for the last three months. He's coming in here. He's got a chip on his shoulder. The one thing he told me, he was just like, I go, does this put a chip? He goes, I got a bigger chip on my shoulder. He's going to be he's gonna be an asshole. Excuse mm-hmm. my, like, yeah. and they need that. They don't have, like, they're, like, think of our, like, think of this team. Lindor's had a little bit of a, but there's, Hosey's Hosey. What do you say about Hosey? You can say it on this podcast. <laughs> He's the baddest motherfucker in town, and he wants you to know it. And he like that's why he walks that way. That's yeah. why he, I know it's, I say it in some form of that. Every he is, he's a bad motherfucker, and he wants you to know it at every time. And he that's just how he lives his life. And we don't, but but he's five eight, and and as Kip <laughs> says, fat. <laughs> like, so, but when you get a guy like Donaldson who swings so hard, who walks around and like. He gives them a swagger that I think mm-hmm. they need right now. And he's got a swagger of even my team. I don't care if my teammates don't like me. Like, but we're going to play a certain way. And they. That's yeah. why they need Bauer back. I too. was just. Yeah. I was going to say it's weird to say it because TJ hit on something earlier, and I'll leave you guys up to this. There has been like a changing of the guard. I can remember us being in spring training and talking about windows being open and who's leaving after the season and who's not leaving. And obviously, this team has gone from like the 
Gomes, Brantley, Kipnis, Cody Allen to mm-hmm. it's Lindor and Hosey's team. And then Trevor Bauer came out of nowhere and said, Hey, it's my team too. Yeah. Like he brings he brings a little bit of he brings a little swagger with him, how he goes about things. He makes other teams not like you. He goes in other cities mm-hmm. and he's one of the only players that other he'll get booed in the playoffs if he's back. There's not other like everybody likes everybody likes Frankie. Like and most people like Jose because he's got the Mark Price thing to him in my eyes. Oh, he's like my size. You know, like to the average fan, they're like, yeah. oh, he's a normal sized guy. Then he pelts one off the wall and staggers by your wife looking at her. <laughs> and then beats you in Mario Kart. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Zach. <laughs> you had it. I and know. you even got your wife to tweet about it. Yeah. That's big. Wives usually don't care enough to tweet That's about right. what you do in your life. Uh, I can't be in this room anymore. You guys keep going. What's, what's next? Whose jerseys are you going to make fun of? You don't get in trouble taking pictures of people in their jerseys? I feel like it's a little bit of voyeurism. Well, every time I get not so he just passes the buck to somebody else because it's somebody else who sends him the photo, and then he just <laughs> I do oh, sometimes. Here's a comment. Right. Yeah, then he goes to then he goes to the to the media guy. And he goes, Back in 1996, <laughs> and I'm just waiting for one of these players to go. You know what? You, right. Oh, you think I'm just some random the idiot? The best was when you didn't know Chris Johnson or who was it? it was number 30? Elliot Johnson. Elliot Johnson or Chris Johnson? I was it like, could have been either. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute. I hope it was Chris Johnson. Here, I'll give a quick Chris Johnson story. Are they still paying him, by the way? <laughs> the truck is still backing up to his house right now, Teach, as we speak. <laughs> dude, dude. But here, 15th dude, and the 30th. Dude, 15th and the 30th. Oh, that's a good story, too. Um, Chris Johnson. I end up, He ended up being really cool. He was sit down by me. He probably, in the month he was here, probably went through. You tell me how many at-bats he had. He probably broke the rest of them. He was he motherfucked, broke everything, threw everything. Remember Tito going, I think he's gonna fucking hurt himself when he fucking strikes out. And I go on the field, he goes, No, behind me. He goes, You just hear shit go, it's like a tornado every day. So finally one day, so finally one day he comes and sits down next to me. And dude, he like some guys like strike out and you're just like nobody looks at him. And I got that TV by me, and he turns and whips his head around. He's got like a Gatorade in his hand, he goes, was that a fucking strike? And I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe I was like, yep, right down the middle. <laughs> and he turned around and he goes, that's what I thought. And I was like, God, this dude's gonna he's gonna punch me. Like he like he was gonna punch something, like you could tell. That's what we asked like ten times if it was actually a spider bite or a bar that. fight. <laughs> and everyone like it reached a point where like yeah. you can tell us now, like right, the guy's right, gone. Right. Everyone said it was actually a spider bite, but it was it was hard to believe. He may have punched the spider. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I liked him. He was a cool dude, though. I saw him like a Crocker Park, like a the season. I remember I was like with my wife, and I was like, I was like, yeah, don't make eye contact. And he's like, hey, Dre, what's up, man? And I'm like, hey. He was a completely different dude. I guess if I had nine million coming, yeah. no matter if I played or not, I would too. <laughs> what a trade! What a trade! No, I think if if the, the good thing is that it's you know it's usually not a 16 year old girl wearing a Chris Johnson jersey, right? Yeah. It's usually an old man I or something you. like that. That's so good point. I. Uh, no, no one's yelled at me yet. Well, we got a couple guys that have got caught up in the last couple of days that well, probably about two or three years you'll be yeah. able to do the same thing. <laughs> they still do those. They still do those sales. You, you can't find. I, I go to. I go to the rack every time at Tribe Fest yeah. looking for the bats right. and looking for those jerseys. They didn't sell them this year. Really? They didn't mm. sell them. So I don't know where. I know. Then spring training, you can get some of the spring That's right. training gear. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder where that stuff goes. Here's something I'll tell you too. You will never find a Francisco Lindor broken bat. Ever. He keeps them all. He doesn't want anybody to have them. Just remember that, kids, boys and girls. He's got a card deal. And I feel like the card 
Just you'll never see a friend. If you have a Francisco Lindor broken bat, keep it. It's going to be worth a lot of money because there ain't many huh. of them out there. That's all I'll tell you. What do you do with them? What did uh, what did what did uh, Cookie say last year when he stole my mic? For the barbecue! <laughs> <laughs> Boys, keep up the good work. You'll never find a Francisco Lindor broken bat. Just, it's a uh, quick, what's our boy, Les, that's Les Levine. Yeah. How come How quickie? come quickie, How come quickie? You'll never How find How come one. you never see a Francisco Lindor broken bat? I'll tell you after the pod line. <laughs> <laughs> Samario so Kart. That is the most infectious laugh in sports. So give me the two laughs. You got that version. And the <laughs> you get two Dre laughs. It's, be- it's the best. Um, so any parting words for our listeners this week? Because I feel like we just covered everything. What else could you possibly have to get off your chest? Anyway, so I had Jose B. Are, are you venting still about the Mario Kart thing? No, I, you know, it's... You have to feel pretty good. I mean, you didn't embarrass yourself. That's, you that's... had players commending you. They were watching, and it would have been even worse if everyone was watching. I got nice kudos from Plutko and Tomlin. And those are two guys you want to get kudos yeah, from. They know, they're the guys they know who, their way around. They play Jose the most often. Um, it was... It was pretty crazy. What was it like it. from from the audience? Documenting it was was crazy because the crowd behind me got bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger because we started this and the way this was set up, you were supposed to do this next week, right? Supposed to do this before Clubhouse uh, with no one in there, right? So they wanted right. to keep the audience small. They didn't want to make a big deal out of this, right? Because if, if a player doesn't know this is happening and they come in and they see a media member playing a game with. Right. That's it's crossing a certain line if you're not writing a story about it. Sure. Um, so but this was supposed to moment. be put. This was supposed to be put off. But then Jose comes in. He's asking Greg Allen. He's asking Bieber. He's and everyone's like, No, no, I can't do it today. And then well, he asked Greg Allen, and Greg Allen said, "I have to go lift weights." And then Jose pulled up his sleeve, flexed, <laughs> and said, "Oh, so you can get like this." <laughs> I mean, that guy is a freaking treasure. Oh. So man. then, yeah, the Indians PR guy said, why don't you play Zach today? And he pointed at me. He said, oh, let's go. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. And, uh, I mean, I didn't really have time to process what was happening. And the, the crazy part is, like, he doesn't let you – I mean, I've never used this arcade setup before. He didn't give me any time or, like, teach me what buttons do what or anything like it was it was, it was terrible in, from a <laughs> I just love that he criticized your pick of character well yeah so Yoshi. That's a, I, I immediately pulled the joystick so that I, I had picked Yoshi and he goes you gotta pick a character and I'm like well I did I picked Yoshi he didn't think I knew how to move the buttons or whatever <laughs> and then he, what did he say how did he say his name Yoshi <laughs> like he was surprised by that and he likes Bowser I it, I because... I thought he's used Yoshi in the past before. I, he thought he used to in past years, but he likes Bowser now because Bowser's shell matches his hair. So It's not fast. And he still wins. That's what's impressive. That's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, like the first race, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what button shoots the items? What? <laughs> how does this joystick work? The graphics were terrible. It's so, Mario 64. So you're You've been moving on Wii <laughs> right. and getting used to that. Well, you should have gotten used to this. You're moving the joystick, and then like four seconds later, your character turns left. Like it was so disjointed. And it takes some time to get used to. So I'm in seventh place. He's like, 
uh, he's probably rolling his eyes. And he, like you mentioned, he was spent more time watching my screen than his own. He's rolling along at first, and then I got star, and I sped to the front of the pack, and I finished first, and he got second. And you you captured that picture where he's looking at me, and it's almost like, all right, oh, I guess this is I'm actually going to have to put in this some is effort. Real, yeah. Is there any chance that this, what he's doing right now as we're in September offensively, if this is him fooling everyone to, into thinking that uh, this, this is fading, this is not good, he's not the MVP that we've seen all year, and then he's just going to turn it on like we saw him do in Mario Kart and just demolish everybody the final <laughs> two weeks of the season? Remember how he started the year? Wasn't he like 0 yeah. for 18, something like that? Yeah, and everyone thought he was, there's something wrong with him. Yeah. I remember writing in Baltimore about, he had a, a nice game. It was like the first time all in the first month that he really had just one of those Jose uh, type of games, and he never changed. He walked into the locker room the same way every single day, came in there, smoked the Orioles pitching staff like pretty much everybody has all year long, and then never really looked back. And he's going to get a day off here, and I think that'll help. Shouldn't he get multiple days off? Maybe I'm not like meaning sporadically. I think he will. The, the other thing, and Tito mentioned this, they're going to have like four days to recover between the last game of the year and the first playoff game. And you don't want to get too rusty and you don't want to sit too much. I think he'll get a – How difficult do you think that, that is though? Like to sit there and watch somebody, you're looking – the whole time as a manager, I'm assuming, you're sitting there looking for signs. If Jose takes a couple of walks, he still goes 0 for 3, but he takes a couple of walks. You go, those are – especially if they're good walks, they're not just like – Four straight pitches, all on non-competitive pitches, and you're sitting there. Okay, it took my walk. But if they're good at bats, he looks like he's seeing the ball, or maybe hits a ball hard. You're looking for those signs, right? Like last night with Lindor, we've seen him hit the ball hard around the infield, get robbed. So you look at the stretch and you say, well, he's not performing very well. But you maybe don't want to take him out of the lineup because he's really hitting into bad luck. And then finally, his last at bat, he just creams one over the wall. You're thinking that's probably a little therapeutic for him. The last thing I want to do is get in the way and give him a day off. And that's why communication is so important. Tito talks to these guys, asks them how they're feeling. Eventually you have to say, I think he's doing that. You're getting this day off and you, and you give them a few days notice so that they can do what they need to do to make sure they're exerting full effort in those, those days leading up to it and, and make sure that that day off is worthwhile. Um, but it, it's, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of interesting things here. It's like, all right, you give Jose a day off. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday, so Wednesday he'll have off, which is a day game, quick turnaround. But how much time can you give him off the last two weeks of the year when he's making this transition to a new position? It's true. Yeah. You know, it's like, like Lindor, okay, you can give him some days off, but also you know, you're going to have a new partner on the left side of the infield. Might be good just to, to learn how Donaldson plays out there. Might be good to to get more reps with Jose on turning double plays and stuff. So, I, I actually think it's wise to give these guys days off now because these last I don't know three weeks when Donaldson joins the team, two and a half weeks, you're going to want them to get as many reps as possible. It's just the whole situation, and I'm going to say weird, which doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but it's just weird. From not knowing if Donaldson is healthy, they spend a couple of days scouting him. They're in, they're in communication with the Blue Jays. They find out when he's going to go on his assignment so they can make sure that they're there to scout him as best as they can. And then he clear, you have to wait to clear waivers right. on the final day. So that happens at 1 o'clock. And then, and you, then start, you have to win a bidding war. You, you start your dialogue, and 
you're exchanging names and, and medicals and things are getting closer. And you're doing all of this knowing that if you acquire this guy, you have to A, hope that he's healthy, B, hope that he's able to get enough time and at-bats under his belt to still be at least 80% of what he's been in, in his career, especially over the last five years. And then you're moving your MVP to and the other no, side of right, the Right, and there's no going back on that either. And then you're taking Kipnis, who, you know, they've been as patient as patient can be and probably to a fault at some times with him. But you're making this move right in the midst of something, maybe a small sample or not, but he feels really good about himself at the plate. And now you're altering his plans. There's just so much uncertainty here. And you're doing it because you look at the stats, you look at his war, you look at all these things that Donaldson's done. And you just said this to me in the in the press box a few minutes ago. Just looking at his numbers, you go, holy shit, this guy is so good. Yeah. And I think it's easy to forget about it because he hasn't he hasn't been on the field pretty much the entire season. But man, going into a playoff series, adding a guy like that and doing it for less than what you would have paid for if he's performing at his top level. That's a hell of a lottery ticket to, to pick up. It is. And, and it also, they have, what, a 14-game lead in the division? And like, this should be just a calm, cool September, cruise to the finish line, get things set up the way you want them, and then go into the playoffs. But that's obviously the opposite of what's happening here. You have so many unknowns, so many things to get healthy or correct, so many puzzle pieces to arrange. And with Donaldson, it's like, I almost feel like they had to do something like this. I mean, the playoffs are random. We know that. And, and you're going to need Bauer healthy. You're going to need Kluber pitching well. You're going to need your, your stars to carry you. But there's a lot of good competition in the American League. You're going to have to go through two really, really good teams. So maybe you needed something like this. And like we talked about with Andre, maybe it gives them a jolt. Maybe it, it breathes a little life into this team, a team that has looked lifeless at times this year. Yeah, and I'm I was I was in favor of it. You know, there were a few people that said why why make the move when there's so much uncertainty? And I'm I'm not saying that I don't understand that perspective. I think there is a ton of risk here. But when you have a guy that's that talented, I'm I'm less concerned with what are we gonna do with him once we get him, and more so with just go get him. Just go get that guy and if your manager's as good as you think he is and your players are as into winning as you've said they are, you'll find a way to make this work for a guy that's that good. At least it's going to be fun. Or just interesting. Part of the reason why I want to do the, the Mario Kart thing, and granted it's it was a blast and it was fun to get scouting reports and chronicle everything leading up to it, but part of it was I thought September was going to be boring. We needed something off the beaten path to, to write about, so... <laughs> Uh, jokes you on us. You know better than to just assume it's going to be boring. Yeah. So, Any parting words this week? No, I mean, it, it's... Any advice if they should ever see Jose Ramirez out at a bar with a Mario Kart machine sitting there a and he challenges you to a battle? I'm glad I put in as much practice time as I did. Uh, my sister-in-law was very excited that she made made the final version of the story. She's really, really good and helped prepare me. And it's, you know, there's so much you have to think about. It's like like we were talking about. I mean, when you're a hitter, are you, you going to wait for the curve? Is the pitcher going to maybe throw you a fastball? It's, it's like a chess match. And with Mario Kart, especially playing him, there were certain levels and certain moments where it was like ignoring the other six 
competitors who are all computer controlled. I just wanted to take him out. I just wanted to hit him with a turtle shell and, and say, take that, MVP candidate. Oh, I'm, I, as I was snapping photos, I had just the realization that you're sitting there playing Mario Kart with a guy that might win the American League MVP this year. It's crazy. And how weird that was. Uh, but it was fun. I enjoyed the story. It was a hell of a story, man. Thank you. And your multimedia was fantastic. Where can people find it? On I almost said Podbean. <laughs> Not yet. Well, sort of. We tell the story here, and it will be on Podbean. It's on The Athletic, on theathletic.com. Subscribe today. I think we have an NFL offer out. NFL we season do. starting. We have all 32 teams covered. And if you're smart, you just look for whatever offer is out there yeah. and use that. Um, and don't pay full price, as I said, every single week. Don't do it. We can we can help you out. There are, There is a code out there somewhere. Help us help you. That's right. You can follow him on Twitter, at Zach Miles, or you can follow me, at TJ Zuppi, and you can subscribe to the podcast in a number of places, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and... Podbean. We're out of here. Till next week. No random Indian today. I guess we'll just go with Chris Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the stories <laughs> that Dre told alone. Special shout-out to Dre for stopping by, and we're out of here. Enjoy your trip around Rainbow Road, everybody. See ya.